Hello. Hello. <laughs> All right. We're back. We're back. Talking about the dose today. Uh, last week or last episode. Which was last week. Yeah. I don't know about the one every week frequency. Well, I think right now we're going with more casual and maybe when we feel compelled, Mm -hmm. you know, less rigid as most good podcasts are. Unprofessional. Unprofessional. Highly. Highly emotionally driven. Right. Um, Well, but I think the dose, this topic has kind of swirled around quite a bit since we launched it last February. And this is not necessarily a podcast about the details of what it is, or as you said, like an advertisement for it. So it's more about, yeah, I don't know, kind of like, what are we doing with it? How, how, how's it going? What our challenges are? What maybe, maybe a little bit about what it is for people. Yeah. What we've observed. Mm -hmm. One of our clients at Between the Years Fitness is a marketing advertising guy. Mm-hmm. And early on when you were first training him, you guys were talking about like what works with marketing. And he said a couple things. He had like a a couple things I think I think were interesting for us to consider. Like if something is too new, too different, mm-hmm. it's hard for people to understand. And mm-hmm. like that fast thinking process is like you just kind of dismiss it. Like, I don't know what that is. Like, I, I don't, I don't want to do the work to figure it out. Yeah, I have to try to figure it out. Right. And then there's the other side where it's like, the other side would be what? Like, just super familiar and like, oh, this is just like everything else. Not interested. Mm-hmm. Boring. So, yeah, so there's like this very delicate in-between that like it's novel but also easy to understand. And I think that's where sometimes with our, some of our things, like we want to make it simple and some of it is simple, but unfortunately like there are complexities about what it is to be human, Uh, you know? And so I think the dose is like a, has been an example for us of like maybe falling too much into either too much into novel, like I don't get it, or for some people, like they're like, oh, I already know that. I, th- I get it, and they don't really get it. So I think kind of for us that's been a challenge. What, what do you think? Hmm. I think, um, yeah, there's parts of that. Some of that I think is on us, of the language and, you know, the reason why we even called it the dose. Mm-hmm. There's, we have been known for a long time for workouts and experiences that are mind expanding. That are that show people something that, I mean, in some irresponsible ways they weren't ready to see. Mm-hmm. Some with some of the more immersive events. In other ways, the thing they needed to see that they didn't know they needed to see. But a, a fitness as an expression or a, a gateway into something the gateway, yeah. deeper and more meaningful yeah. about their life than just 
Yeah. And so we were like, well, that would be really cool. You know, Between There's Fitness, our gym, our brick and mortar gym, is a very novel mm-hmm. concept. Concept. Because of our experience in kind of taking a novel concept to the end of the road, I would say, CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, listen, there's only so much fringe that you can operate in when you have a gym the size of the gym that Motown is. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you mean? I don't know. What, what do I mean? Saying. Yeah. We did between- at a certain. We were in so prior to between prior to opening between there's mm-hmm. fitness, which we which was 2019, really, is when we said, sure. hey, we're going to yeah. open up we this We had Motown, site. a CrossFit gym. 6,000 square foot CrossFit. Yeah, for a dozen years. years. Yeah. Over the course of that dozen years of being affiliate owners. Mm-hmm. 14. Well, at the time it wasn't. Oh, okay. Okay. You good? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, at the time of... Throughout that time of being affiliate owners, Mm -hmm. you and the staff and I together had all contributed to this operation. Yes. And you and I, for the most part, were the captains of it. Mm -hmm. And the coaches were the, you know, kind of executors of the vision, like like any team or organization goes. All right. But the members mm-hmm. also contribute to the organization. Right. And they contribute to the organization by, well, signing up, coming to classes, canceling yeah. memberships, right. you know, yeah, saying, offering like feedback. This, hey, like I like this. this. I don't yeah. like that. And it's like, great, because it is a two-way thing. Yes. But I think that the – so that's just our one gym. Mm-hmm. Then you take that and you look at the ecosystem of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. And we'll just say North America CrossFit. Okay. Then you have the rise and the influence of the games. Mm -hmm. You have the Instagram influencers where first it was .com and the message boards and like the journal, which was like, gimme, gimme, gimme. I can't get enough of this. Now it's like you can literally spend an entire Mm -hmm. day only looking at what people did for a workout that day of your favorite people. Mm -hmm. So that contributes to this like center of mass mm-hmm. that is this identity crisis of CrossFit. Right. What because, does CrossFit mean? Because what people are saying, what people are demanding, it's a consumer demand. This is what, yeah. this is the, the popular understood definition of CrossFit. This is the center of mass, as you say, and this is what we want. And so that's kind of driving you you know that is driving that's driving the business the business and it's not to say that the it's not it's not to say obviously that the members call the shots but they get a vote just like a fucking regular company mm-hmm. yeah right? i think Where your best analogy have... with this is like a restaurant you might have um asparagus soup on the menu and you think it's absolutely amazing and if nobody orders the asparagus soup, I mean, this is kind of an extreme, but like if nobody orders it, then mm-hmm. then they are driving like 
then then you're letting a lot of asparagus go to waste every day. You're making the soup, mm-hmm. you're throwing it out. Like, what are you doing? At some point, you're going to take it off the menu. Right. So that's not to say that they're now the chef, but there is a, you have to consider what people want. Right. But within the CrossFit space and within mm-hmm. the CrossFit sort of how to run an affiliate space, people will say, you just need to educate your members more. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so how much, so you're going to tell them how good, nobody fucking wants to eat asparagus soup. Right. So like, for example, as of recording this episode, the main site workout is four rounds, mm-hmm. 25 GHD sit-ups and 25 toes to park. Right. Yeah. Go ahead and program that at a, at a, at a, at a, at a CrossFit affiliate that probably like if we programmed that at Marstown, we could get away with it because we had enough people like we had a certain membership base where it's like whatever it, that's not gonna when you don't have that many members mm-hmm. or when you're like every single meal you serve is like okay you're fight you're in the trenches yeah yeah, yeah. that's not gonna work nor so so anyway when we were at the helm of Morristown. Yeah, I just want to pause on the education piece. I think, yes, always education is like ideal. I mean, if people wanted to learn more and if it, all it came down to was like, oh, educate people, uh-huh. you and I would have a line out the door and people, we, we would have more people than we know what to do with. Like, because I think if people are open and want to learn and take the time to educate themselves, yeah, there's probably like, oh, wow, this makes a lot of sense. And I'm not faulting people for not wanting that. But for most people coming to a fitness, recreational fitness mm-hmm. operation who have jobs, kids, lives, maybe they do have hobbies they're interested in that aren't fitness. They don't want to like stand at the whiteboard and learn about whatever education. Like, And it's not to say that Yes, you can educate people without giving them a lecture. But even at that, after a dozen, 14 years, whatever it is, you know, there's a there's an appropriate amount of, like, people don't want to, like, there, there's, a, there's a cap on that, I think. I think I agree with you. And I think the challenge that I've seen and the criticisms that I have mm-hmm. for what I see from supposedly people who are the best in the business, you're not actually educating them. You're indoctrinating them. Mm-hmm. You're trying to indoctrinate them to believe what you believe. That's not education. Right. And that's one of the challenges. Like if education was the only the be all end all, like, well, then college would be a worthy investment. Right. Which it's plummeting to. Mm-hmm. And yes, learning and being a student is totally different. Yeah. Education is so anyway, it, it could be anyway, a little semantic. So but my okay, point so is, we got we got the gym at the time to. So we did a variety of things that were at the time, like for example, we had the Motown menu, mm-hmm. right? When I was down at Fifth Group, we loved spending time in Nashville. Mm-hmm. There was this one restaurant. This I mean, it wasn't even a restaurant. It was this social club, Pinewood Social. Pinewood Social. There's a bowling alley. There's chicken and waffles. There's a badass coffee bar. It's like this place rules, and they had this. Remember when we thought though it was like. It was like a strange, like swinger, like when we showed up in the like outdoor area, and there was like no one there. We're like, "Is this?" Well, it's we like an adult playground. You're like, "Okay, yeah. that we're sounds like, is, weird." Are we like missing something? But anyway, cool spot. We were sitting in these two leather chairs, yeah, and they had like a hard board, yeah, with 
pages as layers menus, and they of, were like layers, so you could kind of see the tabs. And we're good like, this paper is stock. Cool. It wasn't yeah. that you know in Jersey, it's like the shitty diner menu that's no, like yeah. laminated and no, this and, was like a cool else. proper. It was cool thing, and we're like, this would be cool to take back and like little little extras that we put into that did that is that what got people coming to the gym no absolutely not but what i'm saying is at that time Mm -hmm. that was so what we did was we just like a menu Mm -hmm. has the options that you can order from Mm -hmm. and nice menus like i read a menu and i see a lot of words in different languages i'm like i don't know what is this food or am i reading a dictionary anyway you're not but people that restaurants that have little little things about it oh this burger is gonna yes. make you know make you whatever blah, blah, so blah. monday through s- friday we only did monday through friday so we did monday through friday yeah. publishing the workouts ahead of time with a little with a little note about their intention right or the- and at the time what i'm saying what i'm getting to at the time that no was, one was doing that it. was like not even no one was doing it that was not even that was like why would you do that because mm-hmm. the underlying assumption or the belief again belief people will pick certain people are going to cherry pick and it's like wow so you think people are that big of shitbags now there will be people who cherry pick but but there's also people who don't care and who are going to go monday wednesday friday at 9 a.m because that's when they can or tuesday thursday (laughs) at 6 15 or they're going to come regardless and like all of these different things so our approach and our belief at that at the time, which was almost 10 years ago now, was why don't we do whatever we can looking outside of the fitness community to improve the experience mm-hmm. of people inside of the gym? Right. So we put up the workouts Monday through Friday on Sundays ahead of time. That way- Yeah, and we printed it and we put it out and people could look yeah, at it when they came And out. we had for every day- we had a little one sentence intention mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. A little clever thing, you know, get ready to feel your heart beat through your eyes yeah. or, you know, back it down today and focus on this or that or breathing. Mm-hmm. The intention. The intention. Something. And then on the other side of the page, mm-hmm. we had STM. Right. Which was the your STM version of each of the workouts. The STM version of Monday right. through Friday, which was your creation, mm-hmm. which was something to move. For that experience that we've all been in, where like, look, I don't want to do nothing. I'm definitely not doing something crazy. I just want to do something to move. If you and I experience that, and likely the person listening to this podcast, Mm -hmm. you know that the non-fitness junkie person is also experiencing that. So we had that. Mm -hmm. We were also hosting level ones. Plenty of trainers and level one and all of that were like, wow, this is really cool. Like, oh, I see what you're doing here. And that was great. But that was towards the fringes of what the center of mass and the entity of a of the CrossFit organism. Yes, and it was also coming at a time where there was more games, more increase in social media. We were mm-hmm. battling that more and more. When we first started some of these ideas, some things, it, we were sort of not battling that. And it just got exponential in people coming to the gym, had expectations. So that kind of rock or whatever was like picking up speed as it rolled down the hill. So right. we're to saying, get back to, to, to this. Sorry. 
we were talking about between the ears being novel. But, okay, right. And but by so in saying that, what I was trying to say was CrossFit was at one point novel. Yes. It is no longer novel. Right. It was counterculture to the point of our. Church. It was counterculture. Now it's mainstream. Right. Which whatever that's the life Fine. cycle of of mm-hmm. new things and and that's yes. whatever. The point is our experience mm-hmm. in a novel environment, CrossFit. Yes. We got to a point where trying to continue the novelty mm-hmm. or live or extend into the fringes, the menu, yes. STM, breathing, sandbags, equipment, between the right. ears, sprinklings. It was like, hey, I don't want the asparagus soup. Right. And it was like, okay, fair enough. People have spoken. Have spoken. Yeah. The, the 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 voters right like they have a vote they have a say and at a certain point it's like okay we're running a business want to provide for mm-hmm. the members want to have it do this and that it's time to look elsewhere for a more creative yeah where we can novel. take those things and bring them to life fully right. without any limits on people's expectations so right. you know that is for sure between the ears now you know that's but the novelty. Um, sometimes it's frustrating that some of the stuff that we, that was so, and I'm trying to think of some examples, but that nobody was doing at the time and we were kind of crazy for them became, Uh oh yeah, of course everybody does that. And it's like, man, Uh we're sort of sometimes like it's frustrating because we have novel ideas and then we're so it's hard for people to understand them or grasp them, mm-hmm. but then somehow like they pick up and then they become mainstream. And it's like people have a hard time getting ahead of the curve, but at any rate between the ears fitness and yes, what's novel about it is it's not a CrossFit gym, which we've talked about. Like even though a lot of what we do is old school CrossFit, true variants, all that stuff. It is novel because um, of some of the components. It's a small group. It's kind of, it's custom to what that person needs. It's non-dogmatic. We consider people's system, where they're at that day, like all these things that we think mm-hmm. aren't actually that fringe. They, they could be integrated. That's like the whole thing. They're not our, that fringe when you zoom out far enough and you look at like human health. Yes. They're fringe when you CrossFit. look at the fitness industry. Yeah. They're or fringe fitness, when you yeah. look at, yeah. for sure, when you look at right. the fitness industry and, and, and for CrossFit. And that's where like we're not a CrossFit also because that. The vessel that people, when we've had this discussion because it's like, well, we're, we're not a CrossFit we're doing things, we're going into affiliates and helping them, what we think is helping them provide a better experience in their CrossFit. So mm-hmm. it's like, we're not a CrossFit. Well, we're not a CrossFit because by that center of mass standard, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a miss. It's a miss. So if people see on the affiliate map, oh, there's a CrossFit in Far Hills, their expectation of what that is, is you come in, that's the workout, there's a group warm up. Everybody does the same thing. There's rope climbs, there's muscle ups, there's whatever this assortment is. 
And so for them to come in and be like, but wait a second, what are you talking about? We're not all doing the same workout. You know, yeah. there's some, there's, there's only two barbells. Like it's just currently not set up to be that way. So anyway, but to get back to kind of some of the, the dose being also a novelty. And when you say like zooming out the human experience, um, it is kind of crazy to me. Like it, it is, it isn't novel at this point to, to understand the brain body connection, mind, body, whatever. Like that's become very mainstream. I mean, that's, yeah. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, it's almost like to say the brain body connection is like saying the head's tails yeah, it's, connection it's of a coin. It's You're ridiculous. like, it's the, it's, what do you mean? We're, we're yeah. just talking about a coin, our system. Mm -hmm. And for as much as like the research scientific community will contradict itself constantly, that's one of the few things that's not. That's the one of the only things the scientific research community agrees on is yes, the body mind, it's like one word, not two different right. things. You can't. Um, separate them. So I guess for us with the dose, the novelty, I think what's novel about what we're doing in that realm, even with like ethos, but mostly more so with the dose, is I don't know that it's really been done or, I mean, maybe someone's doing it, I don't know, where there is a very thorough understanding of neuroscience, therapeutic concepts, even like philosophy, like this whole bucket of kind of um, mental wellness thoughts, all of that, introspection, neurology, coupled with what people say or what's spoken about in podcasts, what's written about in books, like, okay, cool. And then, and then how do you feel that through the body? Like, okay, that's, if you only read about things and you never did them, you would only have half the, like, like that would be like saying, I'm going to read all about Italy, every book about Italy, but I've mm -hmm. never gone to Italy. Your experience will be limited. Mm -hmm. Your experience of Italy is what you've read, which is, I'm Which sure is wonderful. Not an experience of Italy. Yeah, but it's like you're experiencing something about it. You're like reading about it and you're you're grasping knowledge about Italy. Mm -hmm. Which is more of an experience about that country than if you had not. But then going you're explaining things yes, about explaining the country. It. You're not experiencing sure. the country. So the experience of going and the senses and tasting the food and seeing the sights and hearing the people like so I feel that is kind of where we're at right now with that mind-body thing. People are listening to Huberman. They're reading books. They're saying the words. But there's a lot left on the table for that, like, okay, now, cool. Like, what about both from a, both from a, what we do with like the self-assessment, kind of applying some but of this stuff? But that's not the dose. I think that's, I, I'm just saying. No, like I'm just, I'm just trying to finish my thought, which is just a, a bigger thing. Now, yes, within two different groups, there's the self-assessment stuff we talk about, which is like just getting to know kind of what's happening in your emotional state and how that influences your body. And then there's the dose, which is these like physical 
ways to experience some of these concepts and whatever we're calling them, philosophies, mindsets, therapeutic concepts, whatever that bucket is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very abstract for people. Fine. I think what you are describing, though, is what we do more so at Between the Years Fitness, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I was trying to say earlier. Between the Years Fitness is a comprehensive, holistic, well-rounded, whatever you want to say, physical and mental and emotional fitness practice. Now, we have legitimacy to say what those things are, not just marketing speak, mm-hmm. or not just secondary and tertiary byproducts of just saying, no, 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 it's this. It's not an indirect thing. It's a direct thing. We're directly raising awareness and training people on the quality of their physical state, the contents of their thoughts, and their awareness and connection emotionally every single day. Every day that they choose to do Mm -hmm. what the thing is. Huberman and Atia and you know all the other people, the biohacking. It's like the modern day biohacking. See people, I lot like there's some other popular guy who's fair enough, fine enough, but like your story is that you lost a hundred pounds. Uh, I mean, cool. Who cares? But but relative to this, what was the deal? He's now Well, now like, it's a, a study and this and that. And it's like, but you're seeing the world only through your own very limited experience mm-hmm. of this is what I did. Okay. And therefore, that's what you should do. Or I did this, therefore, I am qualified and... Sure. So that guy, but what are you what, getting back to Huberman and it's here? It's biohacking through science. Mm-hmm. Like Tim Ferriss, I don't think Tim Ferriss really. Why is everybody why is everybody citing studies now? Everybody looks not everybody. I shouldn't say that. The common the 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 pattern of the sort of wellness fitness practice kind of thing is you need a study. To basically certify this isn't just some quirky nonsense. Okay. Because I think, and this is where Tim Ferriss back in the day was like, hey, I'm going to experiment on myself and share my findings, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. But at a certain point, it's like, well, people have less and less trust. Mm -hmm. And somehow the scientific community is this kind of like, you're not going to, what are you going to quote, go against the science as if it's a, thing and not a process so now within the sort of huberman atia these people are doctors they know how to read studies people see this people who have never taken a class on research by the way i've taken two classes and i would say two graduate level classes i say i am like weak yeah so it's just like oh a study forget the fact that they didn't read the study they don't understand p values or, or all any of this other stuff they point to a study. To, but you're not talking about Huberman or Peter Tia because clearly talking, they know, they're familiar with research. They're familiar with research, of uh-huh. course, and they're doctors and they're in the scientific community. What I'm talking about is the stuff that they're talking about, mm-hmm. how does that trickle down? Right, you how do you apply it? What does learn. that mean? You're not going to contract Huberman or Atia 
to come teach your coaches how to implement a fitness thing. Yeah. And frankly, some of it's like, well, <laughs> there's limits fair. to that. Sure. So the the recent Huberman podcast, because it is appropriate, like this is an, a great example, was about willingness or willpower. It's about willpower. Willpower. And sometimes it can be it can be validating and frustrating all at the same time because when we listen to that podcast, it's a lot of the science. The whole episode is about willpower and like, is it finite? Like, can can you run out of it? Can you? manufacture it like willpower as a as a what would you say like an actual physical well there's two things to it like where does it exist in the brain Mm -hmm. those are the actual sort of neuroanatomy and as in uh as a resource as, as, as like a skill right is it finite in in the sense that it's like you only have x number of amount right it's depletable yeah so it's an interesting podcast i will say that in small doses, I mean, even though this is like what we listen to, like it's a lot, it's a lot to listen to and understand Mm -hmm. there's a lot of brain anatomy. And, Mm -hmm. but then when we finish it, we think about like, man, we train people on Mm -hmm. willpower, willingness. So these brain neuron concepts, like things that are happening in the brain, that's like wonderful to learn Mm-hmm. And we know a lot of people that are listening that aren't applying it, but the application. And so I guess that's the thing that's so confusing to me is it's not like Huberman is someone that like, like he has become a household name and people are interested, but to your point, like, okay, so, but yeah, what are you going to do about it? What about how does that trickle down into your life? And we're standing here with this big sign and fly being like, hey, like over here, like you can feel, apply, learn about these things, onboard them, experience them uh-huh. for people who are, you know, interested in fitness. Obviously, if you're not really a fitness person, maybe you're not as keen on that. But like generally someone listening to Huberman might be interested in health and we lose people at that. Like, I don't think it's that big of a leap to say, Hey, like we're talking about willpower. This is just an example. Here's an experience for you to understand how to interact with it, have a relationship with it, because it's a pretty big one for people's life in many ways. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Whoa, like what are you talking about?" How? And I guess that's sort of for me like very confusing. Like I don't think everybody maybe is interested, but I would think more people would want to dip their toe in that water. Well, I would like to think that too. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, from what I've experienced with people, it's the idea of it. It's the idea of it or the ideal of doing that. So here's a question. As it relates to the, the actual logistics, do you think people are, I think it's many things, One, people might be more about the idea of it, but then when it comes down to doing it, it's like, ah, that's where you lose me. Uh Maybe it's, but I already go to this gym. These Uh are the workouts. These Uh are the days. Uh I'm not willing to deviate because I can't obviously do this workout, the dose workout this week Uh in a class. That means I need to do it in my home, at open gym. I need to change my schedule. So that's where you lose them. Or... I follow this program 
this might mess up my, I'm supposed to do snatches today. Mm-hmm. The dose is sled bike. Mm-hmm. Like some of that where it's like, yeah. what, what, yep. and then the irony of that stuff is like, ironically, you know, we know games athletes, we've had games athletes abandon their regular schedule program to do something cool with between the ears mm-hmm. because there was value inherent in that. So it's kind of like... Which is part of why we call it the dose in the sense of not just the stimulus. I think we can talk about why do we typically program workouts with a certain sting to it. But the dose as a related to a mind-expanding experience, not unlike a psychedelic experience. Which you call dosing someone. Which you call dosing right. someone, right. If you're going right. to have a hero dose through psilocybin, you're going to have five grams of mushrooms, put an eye mask on and change consciousness as you know it well obviously that's not approachable or enjoyable for i mean that's not what we do that's not between there's just to clarify no that's not what we do yeah masks sometimes masks psychedelics mushrooms not yet (laughs) certainly not legally or uh, publicly uh anyway dosing people dosing people and you spoke about, well, look, I have a program. I have to change have schedule. my schedule. I have to do something that um, is different. Where the tide of psychedelics is, Bill Richards, one of the most influential minds in, and really just look him up. He's like, he's, he's been huge in, in the psychedelic space. He has a mantra that like blew my mind and just like reached my heart. And it's the simplest thing. And this guy's like just amazing. Trust, let go, be open. Take that into every, take that. He was talking about taking that into your journey, which shit, I wish I knew that before I smoked the toad and (laughs) did all of that. But like, But again, like, okay, so how do you do that, though? Even if I knew rationally about that, and this is where it's kind of like, even if you know rationally about something, how the the heck are you practicing it in a state of mind that's not the thing you're going to go into? In this case, like a a psychedelic experience or um, a a board meeting or or a, you know, whatever, highly charged thing. So how do we practice expanding our mind in an approachable way that you can go to work and return home and drive afterwards. Well, the fundamental elements are, we say, okay, there's a fitness, there's a workout, there's a mindset component or concept rather. And then there's an introspection piece via specific targeted journaling prompts that are not just about, did you feel your calves in that workout? But where can you find whatever specific to your life, like coaching, like anyway. Trust, let go, be open. So if you're telling me that I have snatches planned, I have to go Monday, Wednesday, Friday to class only. There's no flexibility. I have to change something. Those are all very constricting. And that's the problem with excuses. And I don't mean excuses in like a you're a shitbag way, but just the rationalizations and justifications and reasons and stories we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. The mindset. 
well, something has to change physically, but also environmentally. Do you think you can just change your mind? Like change your mind without a physical experience by thinking? Um, when you say a physical experience. Yeah. So, so let's just take, um, willpower for example, because we were talking about that. Do you think you can change your amount of willpower? And that's just one example by just thinking like, I'm going to have more willpower. Like I'm deciding I don't, I'm not going to have cookies every night, even though I've had cookies every night for the past year. And I'm deciding I'm going to have more willpower tonight and I'm not going to have the cookies. What do you think the effectiveness of that versus like, yeah, a more involved experience? I guess just because like when you talk about mindset, maybe that's not a great example, but I feel like to date the mindset stuff is so limited to like neck up. For sure. I agree. I, I, I have a hard time answering that question mm-hmm. because to just immediately say no, yeah, no is also eliminating a truth, which is like anybody who's done a guided meditation. Sure. There are ways to do that. Has dug deep in a moment of fatigue. We talked about this with confidence to belief sessions that we do. The content of your thinking and your thoughts has an influence on your biology, no right. doubt. Yet it can sound really woo and mad, like mad, just manifest it and mm-hmm. like, eh, like, like it's some Jedi mind trick. And it's like, fuck off. That's, the, that's ridiculous. However, the story you tell yourself, mm-hmm. and we have a model with this that we teach people at ethos and every seminar we do of the connection and the interaction the relationship between body mind mind body right it's funny i actually had was talking with this with a client just last night how do you change your thoughts well one way is to change the state that you're in in your Mm -hmm. body so it's like if you're looking at the head side of a coin, you change that by addressing the tail side mm-hmm. and vice versa. So with willingness, which we define as the capacity to say yes, yes to you, and willpower is saying no to something else or something external, they work together. It's not an either-or thing. Mm-hmm. Right, it's, it's, it's like head down, body, body, top down, bottom up. And, and I guess that's the thing is like, it's not that one can't be effective, but having both where the body can influence the mind, the mind can influence, like not leaving that on the table. And that's and not looking even at meditation. There's a state you're sitting in, you're still like, there's, there are physical things that have exactly. to do with meditation, yes. um, walking meditation, seated meditation. So anyway, but yeah, so I think I mean, that is the... But the trust, let go, be open part. And that's, I think, where we see in that case. Yeah. You might have to trust yourself or us. We have to earn that. But this is all within yourself. 
trust that you'll be okay. Like, trust that it'll be all right. Trust that you might be okay, even though you don't know exactly what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You might have to let go of the story you tell yourself of what is absolutely true. You might have to let go of what you think you know. You might have to let go of who you think you are. And in doing so, be open to who you can be. Be open to a new story. Be open to a different way. There's behavior in that. There's mindset. There's, there's, there's thinking and there's logic and there's reason in that. And there's affect and deep emotional resonance in that. To trust, let go, and be open. And that's some of what we do. So how do you, how do you package that up? In a workout, in a program, is it going to be like, okay, today, all right, folks, sit down. We're going to do, like, you know what they do? Okay, we're going to do trust falls. And it's like, I'm out. I'll go. Yeah, just yeah. like if I hear, yeah. you know, well, if other- I hear like uh, Creed and trust falls playing, like I actually remember going into a life coaching certification, be like, I am, I can't walk into this door. Yeah. So, I mean, and the thing with the fitness piece is people who do fitness, this is something you're already doing. So it's kind of a lower barrier to entry because you're like, okay. Fitness I'm, is what yeah, you're I'm already doing. Yeah. It is funny though, listening to those things. And that, this always did frustrate me a bit in the latter years of owning the gym, the CrossFit gym, where those things, you know, trusting, letting go, being open, were very much tenants of early CrossFit. It was much more like those things existed in CrossFit compared to the traditional fitness at the time where everything was very structured, black and white. You kind of knew exactly what you were doing. There was a lot of control. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to do CrossFit, you had to inherently trust, let go, be open. Sure. And as we got later down the line, I just saw those things deteriorating from everything from letting go of like where you stood in the class, which barbell you used, what, like all of those things. And it just started to feel like very controlled, very untrust. Like, you know, and we talk a lot about trust with just even trusting yourself. And um, that right there, I think has been a big thing with what we've gotten feedback on Mm -hmm. from people, not only in between there's fitness where it's just like, Okay. Yeah, you're do- and it's not like we're sitting around having lectures on this stuff every day, but it's just part of the environment. It's part of yeah. the the foundation that we've been coming again from anyway. Well, yeah, when you when you set up people to have agency, which is something else we talk about obviously, to decide how they want to move that day and like feel how they're feeling from a physical it could be physical, obviously, emotional, whatever. That does build trust. Oh, yeah, I can trust myself to, if I want to go hard today. Oh, I trust myself enough to take a day easy and know that doesn't mean I'm never going to go hard again. And, yeah, I think we've talked about that a lot, that, like, building trust in yourself is huge. I mean, when you kind of 
peel back the layers of maybe personal challenges, like that's probably underneath a lot of them, just not trusting your yourself, your decisions, your abilities, your mm-hmm. feelings. Can I trust how I'm feeling? Just understanding your body signals. I mean, I don't know who I was talking to the other day about this, like even just, oh, I, I think it was on one of our walks. It was one of our friends who's a parenting coach was talking about potty training. Mm. Cause that's like a very big thing with parents. Like, and this statistic was crazy. Something like 30% of kids have like um, constipation issues because they, they like, they have this situation with their parents where there's an expectation. Did you go like, there's this whole thing of expectation and they're waiting and they're predicting like, okay, they're going to ask me. And there's like a mm-hmm. body situation that happens. And she can probably explain it way better than I am. But even that trusting of like the signal, like of a natural body activity mm-hmm. or hunger, I can trust I'm hungry. Okay. I can eat, but mm-hmm. we've turned that off as well. Like, well, but it's not 12 and or I'm fasting or I blah, blah, blah. And, mm-hmm. you know, those are like the basic body, trusting what your body's telling you. Yeah. Yeah. What? The constipation got you? I was always constipated as a kid. No shit. We'll talk, Literally. We'll talk Literally no, no shit. No shit. <laughs> Wanted shit for weeks. Oh, good. We're okay. talking offline, can't we? Um, yeah, so anyway. But, but, that's... but yeah, and, and that's, I think, a big part of it where um, that in and of itself, the let go and be open part, I think, occurs over time. Like letting go is so, is very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. Being open, I don't know, maybe being open is a little bit, whatever. They're, they they work, I think, beautifully together, which is why this dude built it. Like, like what a, Our next what a t-shirt, soul. when we sell the hundreds we have, we'll put that on the next yeah. t-shirt. Okay. Um, we should, yeah. Anyway, so the trust part. Like if you run something, if that's a litmus test, but not one that there's pass fails for. Mm-hmm. Just a question. Just run it through whatever trust filter lens litmus mm-hmm. thing for you. And looking at how much am I trusting or how much am I not trusting? That's what are you doing? I don't trust that you're, <laughs> you're aiming that thing. I don't at, trust anything that you say. Yes. So the, the, the but but that that is like the trust part of trusting that um, it's okay not to know, like and why we use why we generally program workouts that are difficult for the dose for the dose. Not all of them are soul crushing. No, you know, but not many all of them. them but they're fucking in hard. That category. Yeah, yeah, because challenge is gonna is gonna is going to like be the exact invitation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To reveal or to maybe highlight, Oh, I'm like struggling with trusting that I'll be okay. Or I'm trusting that I can do this or, uh, letting go of what I thought I knew, which is where it's like, and we just started, you know, I put a post up recently about, um, doing this, um, project project and, and following along with the, 
escape velocity program from nonprofit where it's like, is this six week program going to specifically get me ready for my event next year? Well, yes and no. Like mm-hmm. physically, will it be the most specific thing? Like, no, I mean, you're not pushing a sled, for instance, for potentially five weeks, but you're building other things that are going to lend themselves and, to this. And part effort. of the process, the, the, the psychological part, mm-hmm. trust. Like that's such a huge bit. Well, that plus being open. If you were for sure. trusting, but you weren't open, you'd probably not get as much out of it. And I think that's the piece for people to be a li- just cracking that door a little because so much fitness is dogmatic and that limits the openness part just trying to be a little more open because you and I have been doing fitness for a long time. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of different things from whatever you name it. And even for us, like, yes, following something, doing something a little, maybe that requires some openness, some willingness, you know, trusting all those things, trusting obviously people who we believe like have put together a program that is yeah. responsible. So yeah, I guess the invitation to people is not so specific. This is, again, not an advertisement for the dose. You can apply what we're saying to whatever you're doing right now without doing the dose. But if some of this is curious to you and you're like, huh, what what is that? Like, I was going to ask you, I think the difference with, you know, we like challenging workouts. I, th- I think sometimes there's like a confusion that just because we encourage people at between years fitness to um to take days where they maybe pull back that doesn't mean that we don't think people should go hard we just don't think they should go hard every day um but so challenging workouts yes do them i think the difference also with the dose and making them challenging is there's a very specific there's an intentionality going mm-hmm. into it it's not just hard for the sake of hard. Again, not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's kind of our thing, like making meaning out of the suffering. Like you're going into this challenging workout with some like intention and yeah. kind of a light shined on what's happening in the mind. Whereas sometimes with hard workouts, you just kind of go through and finish it, mm-hmm. get through it. Again, not that that's wrong, but in this case, it's very specific. Um, someone did ask about, What's your thought process going into every dose programming week to week? Yeah. I mean, I think we, yeah, I, I think we kind of covered a decent amount of that. Yeah. Um, but the thought process is not sometimes it's what's interesting. Yeah. What what's have we been talking about? Bubbled up. Yeah. Um, other times, like for example, we're doing a series this next couple weeks on a concept called ICUs, which have a uh, connection to addiction. An addiction, not just for people who are having traditional addictions, but the notion of addiction in a broader sense. The notion of addiction not being yeah. a substance. Right. So... And we write up a thing about that. So it's like, hey, here's something that we've noticed people have been yeah. struggling with talking about, not just like in the news or mm-hmm. like, you know, but like in our real world experience. 
That could be clients in a clinical setting. That could be clients in a fitness setting. That could be friends of ours. That's definitely our own personal thing. And And there's no shortage of those. Unfortunately, there's no shortage of human experience. Mm -hmm. And not that there are always challenges, but whatever. I mean, there's not like a word for it. But there's a reason, I think, why. So when we look at that, like what's the thought process going in there? It is experience first. I mean, we talked about this on Andy's podcast where we're two people who have, and I've definitely learned this mostly from you, and you raised awareness on some of the more important things in my life that even before I knew you, it was like, oh, you explained to me what the real value was, which is, oh, this is an experience, like soccer, military, whatever. We want people to have experiences, and that can sound again overused and this mm-hmm. and that but like what are we looking to have someone experience what are the phases of that experience right without it being so specific where it's like you either did it or you didn't yeah we want it to be a an, an invitation not telling someone like hey this is what you're going to this is what's going to happen which can be a little tricky sometimes but um yeah, yeah and then and yeah. then the process is often like recently there's been instead of it just being one workout a series of weeks where it kind of allows you to explore it so you have some time and different different modalities workouts to kind of explore that concept and yeah. that has tended to work and and sometimes it's like something comes up for us a tool we have one coming up that uses actually like a like a tangible tool that people can download on their phone Mm -hmm. and how that influenced how that tool applying that to a workout influenced what happened mentally. So it kind of goes both ways, but anything that's sort of, if we think it can be applicable to the human experience, it's like, but that's where I think the, that's where I think the Huberman and Atia stuff falls flat Mm -hmm. because it's explanations. Which is their thing. I think they're not I get that. I get that. But it's like, why are people not doing... And maybe some people are. But we've had a member... We have a member here who has said... uh, You know, he read The Outlive, Mm -hmm. a Tia book. And he was like, if I didn't have this place, I'd be like, what the fuck? Right. How do I do this? Like, like I'd be so overwhelmed. But now I realize like, oh, yeah, like, I know know this. Yeah. This is what we're doing. And that is the... That is the sort of thing that we need to do. So yeah. you you really do need to have that action element. Now, it's not to say that we're doing all of that and it's not some biohacking gym. I mean, there's probably going to be them that pump up sure. or pop up or whatever. But the uh, the experience, the human experience thing mm-hmm. that we're looking to invite people to, but not force feed them. In the dose, we're pulling from such a wide variety and our own experiences, personal, professional, blah, blah, blah. And we use workouts that are approachable, yes, but also difficult because without the difficulty, without the challenge you don't get to practice trusting letting go and being open 
and therefore you don't get to change your mind. Right. And so that's one of the things that, how the fuck do you explain that mm -hmm. in a Instagram post yeah, or, or whatever, marketing. you know? So who knows? And, you know, whatever, I'll stop there. But, um, Yeah, well, I think that was uh, a lot for people to yeah. take in. Sure. All right. Well, if you are interested in the dose, you can go to our website, btwn.ears.com. You can go to our Instagram. There's a link in the bio. If you're listening to this podcast and you don't know how to find it, there's a problem. <laughs> okay. Goodbye. All right.